Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that is freetalklive.com. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, but I'm, I'm a little excited. There's something that uh, I've on this show, I have uh, bemoaned this Twitter concept for uh, for a long time. Uh, having felt a little disconnected, not really getting uh, the necessity or the, uh, the 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 popularity, I guess not necessarily the necessity, but the popularity of Twitter, and so reluctantly I agreed to uh, to add a Free Talk Live account to Twitter. You can go to twitter.freetalklive.com if you like to get the tweets. Uh, we are doing them now, and I still don't really. I, I still feel like. You know, Facebook does a better job of doing status updates, and that's pretty much all that Twitter could do. Well, I found out today that they've got a neat little uh, function that I was not aware of. They they have the ability to uh, send the Twitters to your cell phone as an SMX, uh, SMS text message. And some of our brilliant folks behind the scenes here in the uh, the Liberty Movement up in New Hampshire have figured out a way to essentially set up a phone number that acts as a distribute and then uh, that connects to Twitter that then Twitter acts as a distribution list to get text messages sent out to multiple people. So basically, Twitter is now being used for sending messages between activists, kind of like an open party line, if you will. Anybody who has the number can send a text message to it. And anybody it's a text that's, message blast system. Yeah, anybody that is subscribed to the Twitter account for that particular area there's a manchester to one. that account right there's a manchester one there's a keen one for here in new hampshire which and, is hugely valuable when you uh you know look, look at it from an activist standpoint because you can let a bunch of people know at one time something um you know they, they don't have to get everybody's uh, text number they people just subscribe to the service right and then you can get them a what 140 mess uh, character message very quickly to their phone as opposed to the uh you know the previously was the pork 411 where people would call in and they'd listen to the message that they got in their email or they'd or they'd listen to it out of their uh, their email box and you know it, it had its it had its disadvantages um and yeah people will will hit the button on their their quick dial button on their phone and accidentally record 10 minutes of them clunking around right, doing washing the dishes doing. or whatever it is that they're doing and that that's kind of uncool the second thing is is you know people have uh you know, people that don't leave messages on a regular basis, uh, they have a tendency to um their way around to where it is they're going, meander, and then repeat themselves, and and uh, so it doesn't get the the messages out there as succinctly as it could. Plus, you have to have sort of access to listen to it. This will get it to people's hands much more quickly and much more succinctly. Yeah, it has to be succinct because Twitter can only handle 140, 140 characters. Right, you'll have to you'll have to resend if you want to tell tell something else. So one of the things I was thinking this might be useful for, for instance, and this is something that anybody anywhere can uh, can set up. Apparently, the way they're doing it is they're setting up a Google Voice phone number and then linking that number to the uh, the Twitter account. So basically, you send an SMS to the Google Voice number. Google passes that on to uh, the Twitter account, and or Twitter takes that from the – I don't know. There's something behind the scenes. Not that, it doesn't seem that difficult to set one of these things up. So I was thinking one of the, the, uh, the, the ways this might be useful just beyond general activist things is in the courtroom, for instance. Uh, sometimes if somebody is defending themselves up in front of uh, the man in the robe and the, the men with the guns and the handcuffs, it can be a pretty intimidating experience. And even if you're fairly well prepared with notes and things like that, you might get lost. 
maybe it'd be useful to have a, a smartphone or your, your cell phone or whatever up there with you. And essentially, you've got an open party line to everybody that might be sitting in that room in the courtroom watching the uh, watching the. The trial. They couldn't yell out to you what they think that you should do, but they could tap up a quick suggestion into this uh, this Twitter message, and then you could be sitting there at the defendant's table, and you could be receiving suggestions from some of the people in the audience. Maybe they'll think of something that you weren't thinking of uh, at at that moment. So this could, I mean, this could really turn into, uh, I think, a useful tool for the the liberty. Well, movement. I was thinking of the case when Mike was was in a different courtroom. And uh, and they weren't telling people where he was. Right. And there was the suggestion that Mike himself made that 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 activists should just go ahead and post. We should just post activists in all the courtrooms so they can't like sneak the trial past us. And then mm-hmm. this would be a way to whoever whoever discovers where he is can then t- do this. And everyone has their cell phones. Everyone in the different courtrooms now knows where he is and they can go to that courtroom. Uh, the one you were just talking about, I think that can just regular texting, I think, can handle that. But you'd have to get the number to the people. Right. You well, know. regular texting could handle that, but yeah, you'd have to give your number to everybody, whereas this is essentially an open party line that anybody that has this one number could send. It's just one idea for one of the many ways I think that this could be used for. Plus, you combine this with uh, having two-way radios, and you've got really some a couple different ways to get some very quick communications going on between multiple I, people. I think it's going to get people reach people a lot better than the port and ones As it is, I only get them on my email. You can set up most cell phones to get media mail but i don't usually do that because it costs more typically and yeah. things like that and i just don't care to get every single port and one on my phone and but uh but text messages you know i'd probably sign up for that so these are useful tools that uh, the activists up here are developing and i just i was so excited about it. i just wanted to share it with you and i think that just they just came out today and uh, there is a uh, there is a website quick q w uh, excuse me not, not q k w i k kwik411.blogspot.com to uh, to learn more about it. I think it's You know, nice. another thing nice about it, the, the fact that it is a simpler process to set up and it's cost-free, essentially, other than Except the, for text messaging text messages, rates. You know, yeah. um, it's, co- it's cost-free to set it up, and then whoever wants to participate, it's up to them. But the nice thing about that, because it's so easy to set up and everything, you can have, we could have a one specific to Keene, for instance, or that's we can have one doing. broader for New Hampshire. Where I don't think something. there's a New Hampshire one yet, but that's a good idea too. Well, there might be that might I, I don't know if if uh, if it's necessary, but it might be uh, maybe for some things. Everyone in New Hampshire might want to get a text message about it. So anyway, just wanted to share that uh, people can go to uh, kwik four one one dot blogspot dot com to learn more about it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You know what? I've had some uh, some soapbox messages sitting here for a little while. Why don't we start the show out with uh, with one of those? Here okay. we go. Hey guys, um, just wanted to comment on something I heard on the show. You were talking about the murder rate and in association with uh, gun possession, and you had said that it doesn't make sense that um, you know. Guns are so bad because more than likely it's people that know each other that are the ones that are killing each other, maybe friends or people in a relationship or whatever. However, I would definitely argue with that based on the fact that, for example, I'm from Canada. Up here in Canada, our murder rate is substantially less than the States. It's something like four to five times less per capita than in the U.S., Mm -hmm. and we have very strict gun control laws up here. People up here also get into relationships, also have passionate arguments, also go to the bar and get drunk. Uh, However, the murder rate is so much lower. So if I was going to get mad at someone and I was going to kill them anyway, 
evidently I have about a five times lesser chance of killing them with whatever object I'm around. I have around me. Well, that's it's it's not an entirely fair um, analogy. Canada's murder murder rate. They got rid of guns relatively recently in Canada, so we can look at their statistics. It's not like their murder rate went down from what it was in the United States, down to four or five um, times lower than what it is. It was already significantly lower, and actually uh, the violent crime rate went up when guns, you know, when guns were gotten rid of in Canada. So I didn't know they I got was going to say the same thing. That oh, you, you can't. It's not an isolated factor. It's not a scientific study. In order to have it, in order you, you really need to be able to isolate one factor and have everything else be the same. And I'm all for disarming uh, every man, woman, and child on the planet, but I think that the first ones we should start with are the people that work in the government. See, this is the system that stinks. It um, What this proper proposition proposes is that you disarm everybody but the people that work in the government, so therefore, I, obviously, the people that work in the government are good, right, just, fair, and we know better than that because, well, it's all you have to do is read the news. Let me continue with this call. Well, this really brings up two possibilities. Either Americans are four or five times more violent or guns uh-huh. are actually more lethal than other objects. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that Americans to... really are four or five times more violent than they are in Canada. Why do you think that is? <sighs> I think it's... Pioneer mentality? I, I, well, I mean, I have... I think one factor is is that it's a police state, that we're, that we're probably devoting a lot more resources to invading privacy, to, um, cra- you know, to basically generating a whole lot of fear and anger in people and frustration. Higher effort at uh, enforcing drug crimes um, in the United States much is, is much more draconian, the enforcement of drug crimes in the United States. We'll come back with more on this here and uh, this gun control topic, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and the features include uh, listen.freetalklive.com, where you can get live streams, uh, the webcam, listen lines, all totally free. Just go to listen.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy, and they do all kinds of legal documents over there. Patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs, living trusts. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order, that's any order, at LegalZoom.com, code FTL. All right, we are starting. Uh, we started the show out with a, a soapbox call, which is a way that our listeners can call, leave voicemails, and maybe they'll get played on the air. Uh, the soapbox number, by the way, is 603-722-0267. And uh, we're playing one from a Canadian listener of ours, and I believe this, uh, this gentleman has called into the show before to express so, this particular viewpoint. And He's a doctor, isn't he? Isn't that what not, you heard? I don't know that. I, I don't know uh, but sure. I, I do know that what his call is about is essentially suggesting that, well, violent crime is uh, it's not near as 
happening up in Canada, gun-related, violent crime in general. He was saying murder specifically. Murder specifically isn't uh, near as popular in Canada per capita as it is here in the United States. And uh, he's he's suggesting that it's because Canada has banned handguns uh, up there. And, Mark, you were saying that you don't believe that's that to be the case because before the handgun ban, there were also uh, fewer murders in right. Canada. Right, Canada was, was a less violent place prior to them banning handguns up there, and, and they are basically banned in Canada. Um, I'm cu- I'd be curious to know the before and after. Well, I've I've, you know? I've, seen, I've read the articles. I mean, I can't quote them to you off the top of my head, but okay. the you know the people who seem like experts have written down that uh, that the the crime rates have uh, have went up after the uh, the gun the handgun ban. And this caller, when he called in previously, I recall the call. He basically said, "Oh yes." Crime rates do go up. Um, violent crime rates do go up after banning of uh, of handguns and weapons because you know there's there's sort of reaching an e- equilibrium. But once once people get used to it, then they go down. And you know maybe <laughs> <That's> so, <convenient. laughs> but it's a it's it's still a tyranny issue. I yeah. mean, if if you're cowing a populace, and I don't know, I'm not saying that what he's saying is true. I'm just saying that maybe even if that's true, what you're essentially doing is cowing a population into submission to the government. If you were to ban handguns and and uh, you know ballistic weapons of all sorts from the government, then you might have an entirely different story. I mean, in in Great Britain, guns aren't banned; just the guns in the hands of civilians are banned. Yeah. Let me continue here with a few more of his thoughts. Second one, based on the fact that we give guns to soldiers and not knives because we want them to be effective at killing people, we're aware that guns are more effective. Um, and also. The, when you combine alcohol, passion, and a firearm, you are much more likely to result in a death than alcohol, passion, and a knife or any other object. And for that reason, I think it is actually the gun and not the, necessarily the person or the action itself, or other countries like Canada and other Western European would have similar murder rates to the States, whereas they don't. They have dramatically lower murder rates. Thanks, and I uh, enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Bye. It's about more than just statistics. It's about allowing people to be free and make their own choices about what they do with their money and with their time and the things that they buy and the the, uh, the hobbies uh, that they engage in. Uh, it's nice to say that, well, we should just make guns go away. Yeah, okay, I'd be for that. If we could just snap our fingers tomorrow and make the guns right. disappear, right. Well, I make, wouldn't be against it necessarily. Make lumps of metal that uh, that fire ballistic, uh, you know, ballistic weapons. Make tools that just just fire a bullet, and that's all it is. It's a tool. Think about it. It's not a gun. Well, it's he a said tool. that it's more effective for killing, and it he's is. right. It's not necessarily more effective for murdering. I mean, uh, they're noisy. Mm-hmm. They're they're good. I, I would and and soldiers. Yes, soldiers are more effective at killing with guns in their hands, and I acknowledge that. But I'm more concerned about the soldier killing people and his motives for killing people than I am someone who does it in self-defense. And so, literally, the notion of disarming, like you said, Mark, just citizens. And and not and and I hate to use the word citizen actually, but uh, just but not the government normal officials, peoples. not Oops. military, government officials, police, but normal people. Uh, you know, it's once again just what yet again striating and, that difference or creating that difference between 
the the leaders and the regular peasants. And how many people have been murdered by government people over the last hundred years? I mean, we're talking about millions. Well, and and let's not forget um, that and working for governments, government, you know, when they send out you know, their troops, I mean, the people that get shot, <laughs> the troops getting shot is 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 murder, as far as I'm concerned too. But let, what the assumption is that seems to be ma- being made here is that somehow the government in Canada has been successful, or the government in the United States could be successful in actually getting rid of guns. They can't do it. You can't do it. I don't believe it's been done. Now, I don't know what gang activity is like in Canada. I have no idea. I'm not going to propose to know. If I go to Canada, I'll lock my butt up. But, um... You know, I don't, I, I don't know what their violent crime rates are, are like or anything like that. But I can tell you that here in the United States, if you ban guns, the only people that are not going to have guns are the people that want to follow that law. Because the criminals will continue to have the guns, the cops will Absolutely. continue to have the guns. That's people will continue add. to keep guns in their homes because they'd rather be uh, tried by twelve than carried by six. Um, there's lots right. and lots of people that will uh, will continue to keep their guns. The, the the idea is absolutely ludicrous that you could make guns disappear. It's a nice fantasy. It's there, it's a false sense of security at best. Here the in notion the, that because like you said, you'll disarm the the law abiding people and not the ones who intend to use guns for nefarious purposes. Here in the United States, there are as many guns. I would speculate more because these are the numbers of of they were able to count um, more guns than there are people. You're going to be able to get all of them? No way. They can't count them in the census. Please. This is absolute insanity. Right. It's really just a utopian uh, fantasy on his part to believe that any significant control could could happen. I mean, it's just another prohibition is what he's proposing. He's proposing to prohibit gun ownership, just as many others have proposed the prohibition of alcohol and have succeeded with uh, prohibiting drugs. Well, you don't ever succeed beyond creating the prohibition because the drugs haven't gone away. Alcohol didn't go away back when it was prohibited. The various different uh, guns that have been prohibited today, and there are some machine guns and that sort of thing, those haven't gone away. They're just in the hands of the people who are willing to flaunt the law. And you don't see them as much because those people tend to hide them. He's already He already said when in his previous call that, um, that he understands that violent crime goes up. But... Um, and, and, you know, that's just something he's willing to accept in order to see it go down over the long term. But I really got a question. What if it's your mom, your child, your wife that gets killed mm. and, um, you know, maimed, injured by this increase in violent crime that he's willing to to sort of engineer? Is it just a statistic after that? Right. I mean, that's th- that that's the kind of sick mentality you've got here. Rather than being able, my wife being able to carry a gun to protect herself, um, she's she she gets disarmed by these victim disarmament laws, which mm-hmm. is really what gun laws are. Uh, and and then what? Please, please don't disarm my wife. Wasn't there a significant drop in crime rate after gun gun laws were ex- were re- were made less restrictive in Florida? And they had like the castle Georgia. law and things. Oh, the, uh, oh, Georgia. I don't know. I haven't seen and anything as far as the castle And I wonder if he's going to say does. that's also just a temporary and then it's going to go up. Like crime is then going to go up afterward. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Go. Is there evidence for this curve that he's talking about? Well, the, I've never heard of it. The, um, you know, the, the, the numbers it, that they'll use is the gun is seven times more likely to kill you or somebody you love than to kill a criminal. And it's probably true. And I think that the, what, the first thing they need to do is remove from those statistics people that use their own guns to kill themselves on purpose. There's more coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves, your thoughts on gun ownership or anything you want. 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson. 
Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, including our news updates. You can go and get them in uh, several different ways. You can just go to news.freetalklive.com. There's a link there to our Facebook profile, our Twitter uh, username, also our email updates. So there are now multiple ways for you to get info, the latest info from Free Talk Live. And you can find all three of them at news.freetalklive.com. Why would you want anything other than the best when it comes to personal protection? You can uh, go to tiger.freetalklive.com and save up to $100 on the Tiger Lights T100 non-lethal self-defense system, proven to be the most effective non-lethal personal protection device in the world. I've got one <clears throat> sitting right out in my car. Ian, you've got one. It's the Tiger. Uh, it's, it's the Tiger Light at tiger.freetalklive.com. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Uh, we started out with a call for, uh, to our soapbox about gun control, this kind of utopian fantasy idea that... Uh, even if it were true that not having uh, guns around would uh, lower the violent crime rates, and I don't know if that's been proven at all, uh, but even if that were true, it would still be a utopian fantasy because it's just not possible to implement. I would love to snap my fingers and have all the guns, bombs, grenades, and all the other various different uh, death, deathly implements uh, just disappear in a puff of smoke tomorrow, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, you may as well make a law saying that food is going to appear on people's tables at night. You know, it's as, that's another, it's as possible. That's yeah. something. Uh, that's coming soon, I'm sure. Right. They're gonna, they're gonna, they, they're already trying to like pass laws to create prosperity, which I love that whole notion. Like you're gonna pass a law, and all of a sudden it's gonna right. create jobs and 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 resources and all sorts of stuff out of thin air. And and for but for by the same reasoning, you're not gonna get make guns vanish either with a law. Right. And if if uh, if if you could make guns vanish by putting this uh, this law in place, why have the cops in Great Britain now started carrying uh, weapons? I mean, guns, I should say. Why have they started carrying them? Well, it's because there are people, bad people in Great Britain with guns. Yeah, they have to match the force that's out there in the marketplace. Right. It, it was previously they didn't carry them, and now they are. Let's continue here with your phone calls. Christy. After, after they had outlawed guns. Long yeah. after. Christy is on the line listening to KBYO-FM in Louisiana. Christy, you're on Free Talk Live. Ladies first. Hello, everybody. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, have you got the whole... Uh, I think they were trying to take away the gun laws not too long ago. For, you know, I think I just got my concealed carry back in November. And uh, I've got the one that's Florida where it covers, you know, so many states. And I think Texas just passed theirs to where, you know, we have the same thing in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You can carry your gun in your vehicle and it's considered an extension of your home. And I think they just passed the whole carjacker law to where you can pretty much shoot anyone that tries to break into your vehicle. And I think that's pretty much awesome. I've actually had to uh, pull out my gun several times. And I've always carried a gun in my vehicle since I was, you know, illegal age to drive. Wow. (laughs) Are things that dangerous over there in Monroe? No. I actually live in Bossier, but I travel a lot for my job. 
And um, I've always, you know, drove back and forth. I'm originally from Arkansas, and we don't have a law to where you can keep a gun in your vehicle as, you know, an extension of your home. Um, the only way you can carry one legally is, you know, to have a concealed carry permit. And, uh, you know, I obtained one back in November, but like I said, I, I still, I've always carried one. My whole family's always, you know, pr- protect yourself. Otherwise, you know, it's either you or them. Yep. And, uh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think you, I, personally, I don't think anybody needs, uh, should have a permit uh, in order to exercise a so-called right, but it just goes to show how twisted uh, the governmental system has become from what have apparently were its original intentions. Exactly. But, I mean, it's, I think Texas just passed it to where uh, I think you used to go in state with a gun. If you had a gun in your vehicle, it had to be completely unloaded. Not You cannot have one in the chamber, and it had to be like, if you had a car, which I have a truck, so I can't necessarily keep the clip full of bullets in my toolbox, you know, and keep my gun in my truck, that's just stupid. What good is a gun if it's not loaded in your vehicle or on your person, you know? It's a good question. Thank you so much, Christy, yeah. for your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, before we go on here, uh, I'd like uh, p- people to consider for a second, you know, you hear Christy talking about how she's always got a – she's always strapped. Um well, I mean, there there very well could be a carjacker or a uh, home invader listening to this show. Some guy who who thinks, or woman who thinks that that's a good idea and w- way to make money. Well, they're just hearing that. Well, there's people out there with guns in their car. It might give those people pause. It might. Let's continue and talk to Frank listening in Canton, Ohio, to WCER. Hello, Frank. Hi, fellas. Hey, uh, listening to gun control, and you know it's been proven. Uh, in states that allowed people to have weapons for their home and to carry, that the crime rate is down. That keeps the criminals' uh, element down on crime. And and I want to go back to biblical times. You know, uh, Cain and Abel, neither one of them had guns, okay? And that, that didn't stop Cain from killing Abel. Oh, yeah, so, there's no doubt about that. So we're talking about moral ethics here. And and keeping the criminal, you know, they want to hire more government police force to protect the citizens, but by the time they get to your home, the crime's already been done and the criminal's long gone. Absolutely. You know, really to protect uh, individual rights and and liberty rights, uh, uh, constitutional rights, it's not right for them. But because of the multi-corporate controlled state government with very strong control to the satellite states uh, that goes for this country uh, gives the illusions of freedom and choices and voice while encouraging hope and productivity and monies, profit, and more power, which funnels back into the multi-corporate controlled state government. So it's just another, what we have here is just another fresh face on communism going down in this country, and it has been in the process for the last... Well, whether it's communism or fascism... uh, Whatever you want to call it. Dictatorial regimes uh, from around the world have uh, have always relished controlling people's access to weaponry. Thank you, Frank, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. He makes an important point that I think is worthy of bringing up in the uh, aftermath of this call from Canada where he was suggesting that, well, things there's a lot uh, fewer violent crimes uh, in uh, – there are fewer violent crimes in Canada than there are in the United States. And so, therefore, it's because of the gun control. But if you go and you look at uh, – 
compare different areas in the United States, as Frank was suggesting, you look at a New York City, you look at Chicago, you look at uh, Baltimore, you look at Washington, D.C., you look at these cities that have very stringent controls on people's access to, uh, to weaponry, and then compare those places per capita on a violence per capita basis, compare those places to New Hampshire and Vermont and Alaska, and then you tell me if a gun control makes people safe. You can even compare, if you choose to, to um, you know compare places that have strict more in the United States metros that have more strict uh, versus less strict gun control. I think that there's still a cultural issue that goes on there, and I think that you, I think you really can use a, you know police uh, in order to crack down on on crime and, and prevent crime. But I th- I think in the process you you tend to crack down on freedoms too. I don't know. Has it really been shown that uh, the draconian punishment actually prevents crime? I don't know. It's not know. the punishment. It's the um, uh, you know, it's, you're talking it's, about police presence. Um, presence. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I I think in fact there's a fair amount of studies showing that that negative reinforcement in general is not very effective compared to say positive reinforcement. I think you're right about that. And, I think you're, it's also true though that if a police officer is standing nearby, that it's likely that someone will avoid committing the crime at that moment. But how many places can they be at once? Right. Well, that's and that's the other thing is if something that's that if you're trying to prov- provide some kind of deterrent, um, then what you really have is people avoiding being caught doing it. Yes. <laughs> As opposed to like actually just reducing the, the incidence of a certain thing. And, and that's the big difference between trying to have a, a really constant, overt police presence and, 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 having, and encouraging people to take measures to protect themselves, and whether that's guns or other things. As we've seen, the uh, extensions of the police, like the cameras, video cameras uh, that they have over in the U.K., have done virtually nothing. Yeah, those are not effective. Uh, so, I mean, they've maybe caught, contributed to the catch of somebody after the fact, but they certainly don't prevent people from uh, committing criminal acts. And they found that streetlights are far more effective at preventing crime. I have something to say about that. Than the cameras. In moments, we will. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials, the nutritionally complete drink with 25 essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics to help support your child's healthy growth. Visit us at kidessentials.com. Calling certain foods bad or good doesn't go very far in helping kids understand about balanced diets. Discuss the powers of foods. Carrots are good for your eyes. Fish keeps your heart strong. And how they work together to help kids grow, and they'll remember it even better. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you're looking to buy, they likely sell it. And you can do it over at Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items, even used items you can uh, access through Amazon these days. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we continue here now, uh, Dale, you said you wanted to comment on uh, the issue of preventing crime versus punishing crime. So uh, do go ahead. You with mentioned that. the cameras and about how they may have caught more people, but it's not preventing the crime. It's not reducing crime. Really haven't caught very many. Yeah. No. And and uh, and this seems to be the case with things like the death penalty. People, uh, the, the whole idea that they want it to 
deter crime that that's going to and, and and it doesn't appear to do that the whole idea of punishing people after the fact does not seem to affect actually making making less crime and and it just seems that people are getting lo- lost in a sort of obsession with they want to get revenge it's not necessarily helpful in any way whatsoever well, to it's, actually it's you know, helpful in some people so ter- terribly sorry it's it's helpful in a certain way um that there are people that are more that, that have a higher propensity to commit crimes and if you could keep those people locked up between uh, the ages of 16 and 40, then what you're doing is you're lowering those people, and usually they're male. Um, if you lock them up in, in those time frames, they're much less likely to commit crimes. Um, but you, that doesn't seem to be the motivation, though. I, it mean? seems like – and I, and no, I, don't, no, I don't that think it might is. inadvertently have, right. have some effect. Well, but the, the motivation is to be effective, and I understand yeah. that some people want vengeance, and, and I think that there's – I think there's a place – for vengeance when it comes to punishment. But I, I also think that there's a place for deterrent. I just think that we've gone overboard in both of them. Um, like, for instance, if murder was a, a year-long incarceration for committing murder, and it wasn't such a bad incarceration, somebody might say to themselves, you know what, this is it's worth, worth it. it. I'm yeah. going to kill this jerk, you know, uh, or whatever. Well, and I think that, that, that yeah, but I, I think that uh, the point is that, like in the case of the... Um, and the, but in, in the case of most of these, like the cameras and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the, the uh, they sell them on the idea that you're going to be safer because of it. Indeed. When in fact that's it's you know they're just you know and then they and then they might convince people of that with bad with bad data. Really, they're catching people, they're punishing people, but it's not actually resulting in things being safer. Do you think the person who would say to themselves I'd only have to spend a year in jail, it'd be worth it to kill someone? Do you think that same person would say would be as likely to make a statement like that if the punishment were restitution, which it really doesn't tend to be these days for crimes like that, if the person knew that uh, were they caught for their crime, they would, instead of having to spend a, a year in prison or five years in prison or whatever it might end up being, that they'd actually have to work every week of their life to uh, to make this other the the victims in this case the people that were connected to the murder victim whole well Do you think I, that would uh... I think if you're talking about the person uh, you know in in that case the, the person doesn't care about getting caught I think a lot of criminals don't expect to get caught if you're talking about the somebody who um, you know an effective punishment I think a, an effective punishment would be centered around restitution but it's... I also think that um, that restitution can be done in an area that's segregated from regular society I don't think it, it has depends. to be I don't think it has to be as expensive I, it, as it, it is yeah, yeah. My in my perfect world, incarceration would be something you do to protect innocent people. It wouldn't be a punishment. But now, but I understand that. Um, you know, you say you know a year for for murder, but that's really oversimplified because it really depends sure on is. the on the case and what happened and how likely are they to commit murder again and right. things like that and and all that factors into how long they might be incarcerated or, but or whatever the, the punishment. But the deterrence was. factor is in there when it comes to how likely are they to do it again. I mean, if it's say my wife um that I'm thinking about, you know, I can just do better off by killing this gal um than than by, you know, whatever, divorcing her, which just it's insane to me. But um you know, the, I I'm likely if if you kill your wife, you're not likely to do it again. So if it's just that one time. So the idea is just to deter that person from doing it that one time. And if it's just some minimal punishment, one year, but is, something like but that. But is there really evidence that that's the case? Because it doesn't appear There's to not be. evidence because we don't incarcerate people for one year for murder. 
Well, but I'm, but I'm saying though that even when they when they increase the uh, the threat well, but, of prison uh, sure. or or death like death I'm penalty saying that doesn't we're go, we're increase. Over, right, we're we're going overboard. The death penalty is um, you know something different. The reason I don't believe in the death penalty is because um, at, it, it, you know its value as a deterrent is minimal because the people that uh, intend either do these crimes don't expect to get caught. So a deterrent isn't a big issue for them. And living a life in prison is a terrible punishment. Well, or either so, they don't um, expect death, to death get caught, a punishment. Or, or it's a crime of passion where they're not thinking ahead right. anyway. And, right. and the the uh, the added problem of a death penalty in that you cannot restitute to the person who is innocent, and they've already released since 1973, and the death penalty uh, returned 190 something people, 199 I think, 200 people from death row and exonerated them as innocent. These aren't people uh, put into prison population. These are people let go. And I can only imagine of the uh, more than a thousand people that have been executed since that time, how many of them them were innocent, and that's the real problem with the death penalty. I have to disagree with something you said earlier, Mark, that you think that vengeance uh, there, that, that could be a good thing. I don't remember your exact it wording. It has its place? You see, yeah, vengeance has its place. I don't feel that that's the case at all. I think that people, uh, human beings, tend toward that feeling of wanting to uh, to get get even, uh, retaliate for something that's been done to them or a loved one. But I don't think it has any place because it just brings you down to the level of the person who committed the original crime. I think that in what Jay, well, what they also suggested, that, but uh, but it, you're just perpetuating all the the violence, the negative emotions that contribute to the violence in the first place, and it's not going to fill Someone the hole is, inside you. It's not. It's 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 um it's going to I think it I think usually when you when you have cases like that you have someone whoever there's someone on the other side when you get your vengeance or someone on the other side who now feels violated and now they feel justified and going out and perpetuating right the, violence. the cycle of violence I, cycle I think of it abuse. is a cyclical thing and uh, it's not rational but the whole desire for vengeance isn't rational either there's no logical place for it it's emotional uh, it's, the it's, desire it's for emotional. emotional i would call, i would call it animalistic i would say that it's yeah it's part of our nature because we are animals but we should be evolving past that we should Absolutely. be trying to ration come up some to rational conclusions and not relying on our animalistic natures to to, to make our decisions and i think what you said earlier dale about how if somebody is such a threat that they do need to be incarcerated, that they do need to There's be... There's no shortage of those people. Well, they're not that many of them, thankfully, but they're, uh, if, if somebody does need to be in that uh, particular c- case, that the reason for doing it is not vengeance, but to protect the innocent, to protect everybody else who's left. And I think that's an important rehabilitation viewpoint. for the person. You know, if we can rehabilitate them so that they can... They can be functional and productive again. I don't know that's, about that's nice. I don't know. I don't know how well, to do it. I, I don't I'm know anything saying. about rehabilitation because all the incarceration that I've ever seen has been done by the state. And I can find right. and I can tell you that any organiz of, of all the organizations out there in the world that um uh, you know that that would that you would want to do rehabilitation, the state would be the very last You'd one. Need some. You need. can give a lot of examples of people who have started programs. The Scared Straight program is a great one. Operation Turnarounds another great program. The Boot Camp program is another. great great example of people that started programs that were very very effective and um the people farther, that are coming from wait, a wait, place wait, of the compassion. farther that they got from that individual the you know more integrated into the systems the less effective they became so the mm. person with the passion that created it um that that really believed in it 
made something that was extraordinarily effective. Well, imagine the, if the people with that kind of passion and compassion and uh, you know appreciation for the process of rehabilitation actually was to be the person who started up a, uh, a detention facility, for lack of a better term, some sort of private uh, prison that was really based around uh, rehabilitation rather than just locking humans in cages uh, for a number of years. I think that would make a big difference in how those organizations were run. Right. And if we had a market in re- if we had a market in prisons like we Absolutely. should. Those things would would pop up. I want people to, you know, I, I'm for a market in prisons. I, I don't know about this whole compassion, no vengeance thing you guys are talking about, but I'm for a market <laughs> Aren't in prisons. Aren't you a Quaker? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I, I, I believe like in minimizing harm, and I think that I, I think that if you ignore human, um, I, I would like to talk about a market in prisons, but I will a- address what you had to say. Um, the I, I believe in reducing harm, and I think that if you 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 forget about human nature, that um, for one, you disconnect and people stop listening to you. Okay, well, you don't care about the, the punishing people for their crimes. They're not going to listen to you anymore. I think that um, that there is a That's role for said. punishment. There's That's a what difference they're going to hear. There's a di- I think that paying restitution is punishment, but it's not vengeance. That's how you make a victim whole and succeed in taking something from the uh, the offender without actually harming them physically or or hurting them in some way to get even. I think restitution itself is a, is a part of the rehabilitation process. Restitution is punishment. That's what I just it, told it, you. It, right. is, it, it is punishment, the, the, but it's so, not vengeance. It's re, it should be rehabilitation and making the victim whole again. There's more coming up here. Hour 2 is on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free on our website. Brand new, redesigned for 2010, FTL 2.0. Far more interactive now. It's a website that allows you, the listener, to submit news stories and videos and blog posts or whatever it is you think is interesting. And then other listeners can vote them up or vote them down based on whether or not they think what you've submitted is interesting. So uh, the best stories will make it to the front page of our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy that. It's free, of course. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Frank is in New York, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, yes, I wanted to say that I agreed, I guess, with Mark tonight, that there's there have been so many people on death row that were framed or that uh, through 
malfeasance with the uh, prosecuting attorneys and the district attorneys, uh, you know, did the illegal convictions or even the FBI crime lab that's been used since the 1920s. In the 1990s, we found out uh, that the FBI crime lab wouldn't even test the material, whatever the prosecutor would want, they would sign off on. So when you look at this, you know, our judicial system is really among the very worst in the world. And also the fact that it's based on remnants of the capitalistic market. He who has the best attorney and the most amount of money will, A, either be able to stay out of jail by postponing the uh, uh, sentencing or postponing or appealing, uh, or uh, people that have a lot of money and influence. I remember when I was in high school, uh, you know, young men, 18 years old, that were from affluent families that were caught beating up people, attacking people, stealing cars. Uh, you know, often they would know the judge, and rather than go to mm. uh, jail or to, uh, I guess, incarceration at a juvenile detention facility, they'd be offered a chance to join the Marine Corps of the Army instead. Yep. And, you know, no record of their, you know, crimes would be, uh, uh, everything would be wiped off. And that's really, you know, unfair. And uh, that's why I don't believe in the, in the death penalty. But I want to say this. Uh, what I'm concerned about right now is the fact that, you know, our basic rights, such as the right of habeas corpus, have been uh, abrogated by illegal legislation passed by Congress and written by the White House. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very bad. And also the fact that if you look at the privatizations of prisons, uh, Halliburton had a, had a, a spin-off company that built and maintained prisons, uh, the Carlisle Group invested, uh, owned most of the controlling stock in that company. And, you know, when you have prisons for profit, uh, you know, it, it's going to basically be what, uh, when you have shareholders that have to receive a dividend, you know, it'll be basically the workhouse of uh, Victorian England. Well, what you're saying there is true in today's world where the prisons are essentially dictated. Even if they're run privately, they're dictated still by the government as far as right. the government decides so no to go. Well, you know, it's sort of funny. A lot of that legislation can be the special interest group or the company can, uh, you know, through lobbying and through different things, get their own rules or have certain rules and regulations abrogated. Right, but we didn't sure. get to the uh, the point. I didn't get to the point I was going to make, and I think Mark was going to follow up on right, it. Right, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what my vision for private prisons is, and I agree that the private prison system that we currently have, um, although it may be a, a tiny, tiny step better than than state prisons, is still not a, not a good solution at all. I agree with you on that. But first off, I'd like to point out that uh, you know a, a friend of mine and uh, some some friends and I were talking about the the miscarriage of justice in the O.J. Simpson case, and I said um, they were talking about how the system's broken. I'm like, no, the system's not broken. The system's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. It's protecting the rich and punishing the poor. So um, you know, the, mm -hmm. the system did in the O.J. Simpson case, although uh, you know many Americans were flabbergasted by it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It did, uh, and it was Judge Ito's malfeasance by not allowing the evidence that both Ron Goldman and O.J. Simpson's wife were up in hawk up to their eyeballs to drug dealers. And when they wanted O.J. to pay the debt and he wouldn't, you know, that could be how, uh, how O.J. was framed. And in a way, it was really Judge Ito's malfeasance that didn't allow that cross-examination or that evidence to appear in the trial. And I will say this, Johnny Cochran certainly earned his pay, and it was poorly prosecuted by yes. the L.A. County District Attorneys. What it's that simple. And uh, I honestly believe that uh, 
you know, O.J. was uh, set up. And that evidence, his wife had a huge bill uh, with the drug dealers, as did Ron Goldman. And that material should have been brought out. A good attorney would have brought that out. It was Judge Ito's mistake and malfeasance that didn't allow that evidence to come out. Frank, thanks as always for your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So I'd like to talk about a a vision for what private prisons would look like. And this is separate from private justice. This is just talking about private prisons. I'm I'm a little skeptical um, to some extent about how private justice would work, but private prisons is relatively easy. If you were to, uh, you know, a judge were to hand down a sentence of, 20 years to somebody for armed robbery or something like that. And then you would uh, take the prisons out, basically sell the prisons that currently exist to to organizations that want to run them. And then those organizations would compete for inmates. Um, the inmates would decide where they want to go based on, uh, you know, that, the, the, you know, the, Whichever, whatever they offer there, whether it's uh, the services of, uh, you know, what kind of uh, Votech, Vocational Technical Institute kind of things that they can get there, or uh, better treatment or something like that, you'd find that inmates are treated better, that the the system runs significantly more efficiently. Um, Inmates would likely keep their make their keep Uh, i mean at the very least they wouldn't be costing costing taxpayer things i mean inmates currently cost you cost the taxpayer sixty thousand dollars a year if you can imagine they'd be going to these private prisons probably working as call centers or manufacturing or things like that they'd be earning their own keep and we they wouldn't be costing uh you know us money the uh the prisons that wanted the that would get the best inmates would offer the best services and the prisons and then there would be prisons that would offer you know it would be pretty crappy to live there because these inmates were the, would be the very worst um those would be the ones that would obviously uh, you know so they would earn better Better privileges by being, you know, being able to pick from the, the the better prisons over time. Did I make myself clear there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so what you're saying is competition amongst prisons would make for better conditions for the prisoners, right. more humane th- uh, treatment, and it would seem to me that the same uh, concept should, can easily be applied to justice, you know, as well. Competition amongst uh, the providers of justice would also improve the quality, the accuracy of uh, the justice system. You know, I think that um, I think in in the real world as things exist today, I think that prisons, if they they went, you know, obviously they're they're not going to do what I suggest because you know it, it makes more too much sense and it's too cheap. Oh yeah, the government's not going to never go for are that. they going to go for what I've suggested because it well it we'd it, have to have a significant uh, paradigm shift. And right. if we can get to that kind of paradigm shift that you're talking about, that would be required in order to see the the vision that you're talking about. And, and Dr. Mary Ruart kind of explains, re-explains that in a different way in her book, Healing Our World. And I recommend that to, uh, to anybody that wants to learn more about this. But if you can get to that point of a paradigm shift, then you're also to the point where you won't have a war on drugs anymore. Uh, you know, you won't have these insane pro- prohibition laws and various different malum prohibitum uh, laws that essentially prohibit all kinds of acts that don't actually involve victims. So you won't have as many people that are being funneled into these prisons in the first place. Uh, so there won't, really won't be as much of a demand for them. Plus, people that do commit violent acts, as we've talked about earlier, rather than shoving them into a prison cell, if they're still upstanding members of society that made a mistake, 
mistake and they're honestly sorry for what they did, I don't think those people belong in a prison cell either. I think the people that belong in prison are the ones that don't have any repentance for for what they've done and that no, you know you, could go out and reoffend. Well, yeah, for whatever reason, you have a you know reasonable reasonable expectation that they're still dangerous to innocent people, and and so incarceration is called for. But I think that you know you're, I like what you're you're talking about this paradigm shift that has to take place, and I really feel like very often we're putting the cart before the horse. I've been uh, having this conversation with someone recently about how, um, you know, my views are relatively outside of the mainstream, but I think that the reason why we have so many problems and infringements on our rights and why statism thrives is because we have is because we have a culture that sees violence as a way to solve problems and things like that. And I don't. I think it's putting the cart before the horse. We have to change that culture. We have to get these meat. We have to change the way people think about about solving problems before we can get start reducing the state and start expanding our liberties. Hey, I wonder where they would have gotten the idea that violence solves problems. Maybe the government schools, perhaps. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up anything. Take control of the airwa- uh, airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. It's time. Wake up. This is just in case you care. And yeah, I'm talking to you. That's my booklet of truth for the people of America and the wake up call for action to save our freedom. Get a copy for you and your friends at yamtalkingtoyou.com and get involved with saving our country. That's yamtalkingtoyou.com. If you want to be part of the solution, otherwise, just go back to sleep. You'll adjust to enslavement. If you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, or barter currency. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some hand-picked gold and silver sp- uh, pieces, U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, Walking Liberty Halves. Um, you can go to uh, gold.freetalklive.com and check out what we've got there. And also for people who, well, kind of like me, who aren't very good at putting money away, uh, we have a program that we've set up with Midas Resources that helps you to buy gold or silver on basically when you get your paycheck. If you'll call this number that I'm going to give you, um, they will you know, set up on layaway. You set up 20, 25 coins that you want to put away because that's the best shipping rate. And you give them a certain amount, you know, basically a, a, you know, 20, 25% of what it is that you're putting down. And then you pay on it on a weekly or biweekly basis. Whenever you get your, your paycheck, you pay you know, that certain amount. And then when you've paid it off, then they send it to you. Call this number, 877-857-9938, 877-857-9938, and ask for the layaway plan, and they'll take care of it for you. It's a Eight, good idea. Oh, our number is 800-259-9231, and Tim is on the line listening to KBYO-FM in Monroe, Louisiana. Hello, Tim. Hello. How you all doing this evening? Just super, Tim. What's on your mind tonight? Well, you know, I, I heard, I listen to you all a lot. Um, Excellent. You know, actually, I'm an old-time leftist, okay? Mm-hmm. Unreconstructed, you know? 
and um, I like to hear what other people think, you know. Good. Whether I agree with them or not. I find a lot of commonality between the old left and you uh, guys, you know. Absolutely. In uh, fact, the term liberal actually used to be a very accurate description of the uh, liberty-minded belief system. It's only been uh, it's been changed over the last several decades, but the right. classical liberals would uh, definitely match up with the libertarian classical libertarian beliefs as well. Although yeah, neo-libertarianism uh, and neoliberalism is completely different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to support the idea of everybody being armed, you know, and just armed with, um, you know, pistols, but full auto, you know. Full auto? I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, the 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 real... I don't know if I want full auto on my pistol. I mean, it's going to blow through a clip pretty fast. Oh, oh no, we're losing your cell phone. Say again? Put it on a three-shot burst, you know? It's a good um, idea. Um, three-shot burst. On a pistol? Are, well, uh, it's, it's, you, you need to practice with it, Ian. Yeah, you really would have to practice because, I mean, one shot's kicking and then the second shot's kicking even more. I mean, you're not going to be as accurate, I don't think, in that, uh, that kind no, of No, I, I actually prefer a long gun, you know? I believe in being able to hit my target every time, you there know? There you go. A burst uh, with a long gun makes a little more sense than uh, than a pistol, I think. But, you know, I'm yeah. not a gun expert. Pistol's just for fighting fighting your way to the long gun, as I, as I understand it. There you go. <laughs> well, right. typically, um, I mean, but I got a couple questions for you, you know. Okay, sure. On your the philosophy you're espousing here, you know. One is the environment, you know. And I'll take my answer off the air. How do y'all propose and dealing with the environment? You know, I hear you talking about markets. Mm-hmm. And as I have seen it over my lifetime, um, the big bucks rule. Yeah, you know? they and, sure do. And, you know, yeah. and the big bucks will pollute and destroy without any qualm whatsoever. I mean, yep. the, you know, we have, we have, we're number. Oh, I think we lost your call, but I do understand where you were going. Point, yeah. I do understand where you were going, and I understand. I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I want to point out, though, before we get into this, that the number one polluter in this country is the U.S. federal government. They're a you bigger, beat me to it. Yeah, they're a bigger <laughs> yeah. polluter than all of the the big bucks. Corporate and the other ones combined. usually do it with the help of the government. They and lobby. They get you know they they get protections. They, they get grandfathered they get, in on they new get, laws. They get the use of government lands That's through contracts. It's huge because everybody knows that renters don't take as good a care of land as as owners do. Yeah, and when anybody these corporations that's a landlord does. Um, get to use the the government land for you know cutting trees or doing whatever it is that they're doing. Right, they're not the, going to take care of it. They're going to take care of it the way a renter does. The federal government owns tremendous amounts of uh, the claim ownership of the uh, tremendous amounts of America. And yeah, out west, especially, and yeah. in Alaska, almost entirely. And and it's all you need to do is look at Anwar as an example of how the government is the worst organization in the world to protect uh, the environment. And I'm for protecting the environment. I want to see large swaths of land where you know critters run around free, and and uh, you know people can look at it in a pristine fashion. I think that uh, I think a lot of people want that. And I think a lot of people can get together and do things like the. 
the what the Audubon Society and and yes. things like that, uh, Ducks Unlimited, and and so that these Nature Conservancy, the Nature those Conservancy, things, those things seem to do the best jobs. Right. Of those are the very the best, even ones. in the current market situation. Right. But, if you let people yeah. have their money, uh, you know, keep their money and then spend it and give it away in the fashion that they want, many of them will do just that. Because take a look at Anwar. The that's the idea was the Alaskan National Wildlife uh, Refuge or whatever was going to be there for the the elk or whatever to do whatever it is that they're doing up there. Yeah, it's, it's important to understand that like... But the some, government gave the rights away to yeah. it uh, in the Bush administration. So all you're doing is you're, you're giving it to the government and then hoping the guys you don't like get a hold of the government shortly. The, the ending statism isn't going to suddenly end any kind of environmental abuses, just the really big ones, <laughs> just the worst of them. Right, and, because uh, if you give people private all kinds property. of solutions we can we can pursue and consider that will actually have some potential for working because we can't trust the government to do it, obviously. That's been demonstrated time and again. Even under a government paradigm, there are changes that can be made that I think would improve things, uh, like allowing ownership of all property types. I mean, ownership of streams and rivers and, and lakes and things like that. And a lot of people would take ownership of those things so that they could protect, protect them. them. Yeah. Right. Because then if somebody's upstream, uh, you know, some factory is dumping p- pollution into the stream and you're downstream from it, and then you've got a case you can prove. You can, you know, take a sample of the water, you can go and sample up where they are, and you can say, look, this is coming from this factory and it's polluting my property and you guys need to do something right. about and then this. And there's a tort issue. And this is, in fact, another case where the government is being used to solve a problem the government made in the first place. Back in the, I think it was the, the um, we're talking about the 16th century, 1700s, about the time the Industrial Revolution's getting ramped up, you're talking about the big money people essentially lobbied the king in England, and this is, you know, we're, we're evolved from English common law here in the United States, and therefore, because we're the largest, most powerful government in the world, the, the rest of the world operates to some extent under English common law. Um, they essentially made it so that, uh, you know, land Owners around these, you know, these big powerful people couldn't sue those people for whatever, uh, uh, you know, mm. p- uh, things that happened to their property. You'll yep. have to look into it a little further. I read an article on it. I mean, I can't say that I'm I've looked into it deeply, but I, you know, that's that's what I read, and that and it, it made perfectly good sense to me. Of course, the king's going to protect his cronies, and of course that would, uh, you know, trickle on down through the ages where the government protects the big moneyed corporations. Those are the ones that control the government. They have the money they have to pay for the campaigns. Absolutely right. So in the absence of government coercion and in the presence of true private property rights, you'll have a much more pristine environmental situation. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and that includes protecting the birdies and the animals and things like that, allowing people to own those things, allowing people to own animals. Helps keep them safe as well from poachers and things like that. Uh, More coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at SwordMovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit SwordMovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. 
and Mark. And you're invited to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything you see there, W-I-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com. Critical thinking question. Why would something that is so good for us, like public education, be need to impose uh, be need to be imposed rather on us by force and funded by the use of force? Well, maybe something else is going on. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. You can visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com. And I think getting the government out of schools is one of the biggest steps we can take toward changing the uh, the paradigm of people, or at the very least, getting people we care about out of the government schools. That would be a good step, uh, because it's those government schools or indoctrination camps, as you might prefer to call them, that I think are one of the major factors as to why people believe that they can solve their problems with violence. Uh, that's what they're taught, is that if you don't like something, if you see people behaving in a certain way that you think is inappropriate, well, just get control of the government, and then you can force them to stop. Whether mm-hmm, we're talking right. about the environment or we're talking about criminal actions or whatever it is that the uh, the issue is it's this concept of government this inherently violent entity well then and the rationality is taken out of the upbringing of children in the sense that uh and this happens in it with with how parents raise their children as well as how the schools do it and I think, you know, they both feed into each other because you're raised this way in school and then you raise your children that way. And that is that you you tell kids what to do. It's a do as I say, not as I do. You tell kids what to do. If they disobey you, you punish them. And so they learn that, OK, there's just this authority figure. You're supposed to obey, obey it explicitly uh, or else something bad will happen to you. Well, obey Instead it or of, sneak around it. Yeah. yeah or, you know, right. or don't get caught. And. And so and there's that rebellious, you know, us versus them attitude. And then and then and then that that abuse is then rationalized as you grow up and you say, well, that must be normal behavior because I don't want to think that I'm broken. You know, you want to think, well, I was Mm. if you accept that you were abused as a kid, then you also have to accept, well, there's something you know wrong with me because I'm now broken because I was abused. And so a lot of people rationalize abuse when they grow up. And so I think that there's this whole notion of of just do as I say or I will punish you. And I'm bigger than you and I'm in charge and the cops will come get you if I tell them to and because I'm your parent. And yeah, and this is the way it is. And instead of and instead of teaching your child and, and conveying to your child, this is harder. Now, parents don't want to do this. This mm. is harder, but it's worth it. <laughs> is, is Instead of teaching your child why you have their best interest at, at, in mind and you're teaching them to do something a certain way because it's in their best interest, and if you convey that to them, then they're going to do it whether you're watching them or not because they oh, oh my, that's right, my dad told me that because – you know, look both ways before I cross the street. It's you know, the difference whatever. between uh, what, what you're describing or what I'm hearing from you is the difference as far as parenting is concerned. The difference between the rationale of because I said so and taking the time to explain the reasons why you're saying whatever it is that you're saying. Because, you know, the, the easy way out for a parent when they want their kid to change their behavior is, well, you need to do this because I said so and I'm your dad. You know, yeah. no, no, well, that doesn't work. Well, it, it shows by threats. It, it yeah. does show the arbitrariness of government uh, dictates uh, that, well, I, I said it and that's good yeah. enough and I can beat the crap out of you yep. or I'm um, bigger than you. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that that does mirror what real life is like. So maybe it shows them what uh, what they can expect from real life. We continue with your phone calls. Carrie is on the line listening in Louisiana via our webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. Hello, Carrie. This is Brooke, Brooke Kelly. Brooke. That's a big difference from Carrie. I'm assuming that 
Because I'm in New Orleans and I'm watching y'all on webcam. Well, hello there. And what's on your mind tonight? I just want to say about, about the whole education thing. Did y'all hear Obama say, and, and I ha- I've been really busy lately, so I don't know if y'all talked about this yet, but uh, during his last speech, he said that they're prepared to freeze government spending completely. Does that cover education and, and transportation and all that? Well, education is mostly not federally funded. It, there's very little uh, of six percent. It's a tiny fraction of it. So it seems pretty unlikely that they'll be freezing government spending. I find that hard to believe. That's what you said. I know. You said next year we're going to freeze government spending entirely. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, right? D- discretionary spending is what the idea discretionary was. Discretionary, and, and then of course it wasn't um, the military, you know, exerting the military and that kind of thing. So it, <laughs> it 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 was a it was a rather small swath of government spending that he was really talking about freezing. But mm. yes, I I heard what you're talking about. Okay. Well, anyway, this is Brooke Kelly saying uh, I got a public service announcement to tell these mobsters do not hit your kids. Mobsters. Momsters, don't beat your kids. Why are these parents hitting their kids to try to teach them a lesson? Well, have you seen something yeah. happen recently? In public, I went up to a mother to, like, please tell her not to hit her two-year-old in front of me because it was mm. upsetting to me, and she called me out like I was the bad guy when she's the one hitting a defenseless child, and I was shocked about it. In what way was she hitting uh, the child? He was trying to play with a toy that I had, because I'm a big kid, and I play with toys. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me, and she grabbed him and hit him and told him not to. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. If he wants to play with my toy, you can play with it. Please don't hit him. You're 20 times larger than him. And she was upset about that. Yeah, he's really, even at that age, it's actually, I think, I, I don't remember the exact age, but, you know, a child goes through certain developments and, and 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 degrees of con- of consciousness and understanding, and that's before the age of where they understand the notion of property. But it's like, early it's, enough to know, where they can understand that violence solves problems, right? Well, I mean, that's they're starting to learn that right away. You now, know, I mean, are you talking about spanking? Uh, because that's what I would call spanking. I consider that hitting a child. I agree. I don't, I don't agree with spanking. I mean, why are you going to hit your child to teach him not to hit somebody else? Yep. I mean, people learn by example, and and I've seen parents who not only they'll put their child in timeout and hit them, and it's like, wow, like you know, children, what they need, what they really need, is education. They need you to teach them. They need you to be their friend and their ally in life, and they need to learn from you, but not by not at the barrel of a gun. Look at where we're, you know. I've seen it in action. About- I've seen the alternatives in action, and it's just amazing. Parents that actually spend time talking to their children and and interacting with them. And it and does take more time. It That's does. It's more effort. You know? Absolutely true. Now, I'm not cer- certain that I would want to remove uh, from, uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to take a kid away from a parent for spanking or anything like that. But I do think that, uh, I, I, I do think that probably the best educational lessons come from, uh, you know, interacting with the child and, and talking to them and, and trying to explain to them why they don't do things. Well, I would, nec- yeah, I would I, never recommend taking kids from parents that spank. I just think it's poor parenting. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going that extreme either because that's sort of violent in itself i mean i i i i just would like to see that culture change i would like to be a part of you know i i think a part of a hopefully a big movement to to change the culture of how we raise children you know brooke any other thoughts 
No, totally. I mean, it's like I, I was spanked as a child, and if, had you asked my parents, well, why did you spank her? Well, because we wanted to come out an okay kid. Well, I don't want okay kids. I want, like, I want, and then I want well-adjusted children either, these children who've been beaten into submission. You know, we go around complaining that we are forced to do things at the barrel of a gun. Well, what are we doing to our children? But forcing them, because, you know, we're ten times larger than them. we got a big hand coming at them. It's scary, and we don't see it that way. But from their small viewpoint, it's fucking Oh, whoa, gotta let you go. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Oh, good night. <laughs> gotta remember, you're calling a radio show here, and I understand <laughs> that tensions can run high and emotions can run high. Uh, hopefully, you can keep yourself under control when you call. Um, the, the notion that a parent uh, should act as a friend of a child, I don't think I um, entirely uh, agree with that. I think that there's that, that can be misinterpreted. Um, I think that the child, that the parent should be a resource for the child. The ch- child should want to come to the parent. And if the parent is punishing them for every little infraction with a, with a smack to the butt or whatever it is that they do, I don't think that the child learns to use the parent as a resource. I right. think they learn to use to the, fear, to, to the, fear the parent and to hide from the parent, um, you know, the activities that they might be right. considered, you know, punishment. Who knows what your parent will think about what you've been doing, right? They might hit you if you tell them. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Coming up here in uh, hour number three, we'll do a World War II, a list of World War II myths that uh, Dale's got to share with us. But I'm not going to start those right away. We'll get to that in, uh, coming up here shortly. First, we'll go to another uh, soapbox call. Folks can uh, dial into the soapbox, leave a message no longer than three minutes. Uh, probably shorter is better. And you can rant. You can uh, you know, talk about something we've discussed on the show. Whatever it is you feel like saying, you're welcome to do it. We don't guarantee that your calls are going to get on the air, but it could happen. Here's another one for you. Hello, my name is Reginald Finley, and I am a father who is a victim of parental alienation for the past 12 years. I've been struggling with my son's mother to even get a chance to speak with him. I haven't seen him since uh, he was two. Over 10 years now, I haven't seen my son because uh, thanks to her behavior, for some reason, she doesn't want me to be the father, though I genetically am. Um, there's a loophole in the Georgia legitimation process in which, uh, since this woman, this particular woman was married by the time we, which she had my son, that that child is considered a, a portion or unit of that family unit. So now I am no longer considered uh, the legal legitimate father. Hmm. And since Georgia does not do paternity and visitation and legitimation at the same time, I'm cast to the side and I have no legal rights whatsoever. The mother frequently moves. She makes a concerted effort to stay off the Internet. When I have found her, she would simply uh, not respond to me. Um, she has created for her, she's poisoned the well, so she's created a armored shell around her in which anyone I, can, I try to contact who might know her, they defend what she's doing 
and they warn her when I'm trying to communicate and find my son as if I'm some crazy stalker. And it's really her, but they don't see it because she has managed to poison the well so greatly that everyone believes her and no one's heard my side. And I haven't seen my son. He has siblings that he doesn't know about. He has a grandmother that's in a hospital. She might not make it through the year. And they'll never get a chance. My family will never get a chance to see Donovan. And he'll never get a chance to meet another, a, lot, a number of people because they might, they're, they are ill in my family. My mother might not make it through the year. So his grandmother is is ill, and I don't know what to do. No one's been able to help me. The government said their hands are tied because of this crazy law. Anyway, uh, we love you, Donovan.com is a site I created to let my son know when he's old enough and he finally gets on the net to find me. Anyway, I, I guess that's it. I'd love to maybe come on the program and talk to you guys more about it. Um, well, I can tell you that uh, this is one of those issues that is just so tough. Yeah. And as he points out, you know, the government says their hands are tied. Well, it's the government that uh, essentially... The government did this. You're right, created this. And this is one of those issues that it's real tough to, to look at and think about, at least from my perspective, as I'm not a parent and I don't know what the different crazy laws are out there. We've heard from a variety of parents over the years and and how just terrible the uh, the, the parental law is out there and in that it favors one parent over the other when it necessarily shouldn't and so on and so forth. And there's one more example, one more sad tragic story of a man who is unable to see his own uh his own offspring that he clearly i mean from that call clearly cares a lot for yeah i, I mean you can only imagine uh, i can only imagine how crazy this would make one feel i mean i i absolutely would be feeling desperate if that uh, if that happened and and desperate people do desperate things when you right. when the government creates situations like this where the uh, you know a, a man can't see his child because well the government said that it's not really your child sorry uh i mean it it drives people to do nutty nutty things how would this be different how how could this situation be modified to where in the absence of a coercive, monopolistic government, parental breakups that involve children would be handled in a much more humane fashion that would be satisfying to the parties involved, both sides. I mean, how, how could things be different under a different paradigm? Because clearly what we have today is awful. And what we have today is a one-size-fits-all government system. Right, and and you what you'll have is situations where you know there's the the state has some kind of formula as to what a guy has to pay, um, and generally it's the guy that has to pay, um, you know, for however many kids or whatever. If they make this much money, this is how much they have to pay. Da da da, da and that and that's how it goes. And it doesn't fit the one in people's scenarios don't fit the one-size-fits-all. And I think that it really does need to be arbitrated. Um, and and I think that arbitration, although compromises the art of making everyone unhappy, um, you know, I th- I think that you can find something better than the you know the the court system which drags its feet, slow, expensive as hell. Um, I mean, really, does it would it cost that much for a husband and wife to enter into binding arbitration with someone and for that person to come up with uh, you know, a better solution? If if the husband and wife didn't like, I can't it, imagine it would. It, it yeah. wouldn't cost anywhere near the tens of thousands of dollars it can cost to go through uh, divorce proceedings. And then, you know, you just call it binding arbitration. If they need to go back for some other reason to, to work something out, then, you know, that that's what they do. But I, I, I just think you'd be better off with uh, the two parties deciding who's going to, you know, make the decision and then, you know, making that decision stick. Well, I, I, I actually, there's one thing I think that's 
if you if you if you think about it as a you know, from a liberty perspective, I don't feel like it is uh, right to obligate parents to raise a child. I mean, essentially, we don't. We we actually contradict ourselves in the society in the way we look at this, and and this affects how how this all gets worked out. You know, the whole notion of child support payments, and then and then fathers going to jail, and and I think that uh, you know all that makes things worse in the long run for the child who is supposed to be the beneficiary of all of this. Uh, that makes it that's much worse for the child and everyone else involved than had they been able to work something out. You know, that wasn't so violent. You know, threatening and forcing a, a parent to pay child support or or whatnot. And so I really don't think that um, parents own – I don't think parents own their children. I don't think parents ought to be obligated to raise their children. I mean pe- people are allowed to put their children up for adoption, mm-hmm. for instance. Sure. And uh, wh- what bugs me, for instance, this horrible double standard where the mother has the, has, can, can go and get an abortion mm-hmm. and be resolved of responsibility. It's totally her decision. But the father cannot do that. Up to the middle of that. the second trimester. Right. Well, but she's got a fair, you know, time to yeah. decide. She's got she's, she's got, got weeks and weeks amount. and weeks to make that decision. Plenty of time to decide. Okay, I'm not I'm not ready to raise a child. I'm not gonna I'm gonna absolve myself of responsibility. Also, or, or to put it up for adoption. If she decides to keep that child, somehow she's able to obligate the father to help her with that. And yet he has he doesn't have any say in the abortion. And I'm yeah, not saying he not should fair. either. I'm not saying he should have say in the abortion. I'm just saying like if we're gonna let if we let moms have abortions, why don't we let fathers have abortions? Which like which has just cut me off. Like illegal, I'm, yeah, a legal legally abortion. I am not the father anymore. I I can't ha- I'm abdicating any any right I might have to to custody, but I'm also uh, uh but I'm also not obligated. I don't want any obligation sure would with this be a child. Lot better. And now the mom can decide if she wants to have an abortion or that, she want to raise it on her own. I think that and, makes and sense. And have complete custody of it. And it would be a lot better. What you're proposing, Dale, would be a lot better than what we have today, where the court just uh, courts just decide that well, you knocked her up, so now you're going to be responsible for the next 18 years. And, but well, she's not responsible. She doesn't want to be. She can have an abortion or, an, or get right. up for adoption. And if you don't pay, then they sit you in a jail cell and that, as though that's somehow going to make the situation better. So then everybody has to – all the taxpayers are then forced to pay to keep this so-called deadbeat dad in a jail cell for X amount of time the, before they the, finally let him out. His life has been decimated. He has no money left at that point if he had any before. And he's just been in jail for the last however many months, if not years. And then they let him back out into the world and they're still expecting him. To, uh, to pony up, so of course he doesn't have any money. Now. He's already behind <laughs> yeah, the ball he's... by thousands of dollars. How's he going to come up with that unless he goes and robs people and, and hurts people, and, and then and they put him back in jail? Dads, a lot of these dads are clearly in a position where just supporting themselves is, is, a, is a task. Yeah. And then they're supposed to be paying child support payments as well, and and uh, it's it would... I just, you know, it's just not realistic. It's just right. not realistic. And I and I but that's not even I mean, of course, that's not even the point. I think what it comes down to, though, is that we need a free society where there are lots of and 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 there are, you know, lots and lots of people in this society that care about children that will support means to to help with adoption. That's who you want to turn homes. to. I want people who want kids to raise those kids, who, right. who care enough about them to and want them. Those are the people that if we, if we care about the children, we should want the people who want kids to, to to raise these kids. And 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 it should never be sort of the obligation of a parent to raise a child. It's not good for the child in my opinion. I, it's I better think for the child to be raised sense. by someone that cares about them. And if you're in a if you have a child that's in an abusive situation, I would like to see lots of resources out there and the child can decide 
you know, I'm being, I, I'm, I'm being, I think parents should have to, uh, you know, as soon as the child is able to express himself or herself, that, that it should be uh, up to that child to be able to express themselves and say, I, I feel like I'm being abused in this situation and I want to get out of this situation and, and into a different one. And, and parents ought to have to earn the respect of their children the, if, the, and convince their children that they're, they have their best interests in mind. If parents didn't have that obligation to take care of their offspring like that, wouldn't that make people a little more cautious about having sex? Or am I just fantasizing? Sounds like uh, you're expecting negative consequences to uh, to have an effect. There's more coming up here. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Money talks, and it sounds just like Jim Cramer. I'm Cramer. Money talks, and sometimes it shouts when the results speak for themselves. Investors worldwide follow Jim Cramer's advice on TV, in books, and on websites like TheStreet.com. And whether the market's up, down, or sideways, Jim's always hunting down a bull market. And now you can follow Cramer's portfolio at GetKramer.com. Okay, here's how it works. Every time I buy or sell, I will email you ahead of time. Did you hear me? Ahead of time. It's like, if you can read, you can read my mind. My portfolio, fueled by my great research, is designed to deliver success. And I'll share it with you at GetKramer.com. Today, you can sign up for two weeks of free access to Kramer's Picks and Portfolio. Just go to GetKramer.com and enter code word FREE. GetKramer.com free today. Go to GetKramer.com. Code word free. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching in here to the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we go right into your phone calls. Gilberto is in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hi. I uh, wanted to complain a little bit about, um, well, you can, first of all, you guys have a great show, but what I wanted to complain about is this, this movement calling itself the Patriot Movement. You know, I, I kind of, I'm not comfortable with that because it has kind of like this notion that, uh, that, uh, that, 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 that it's a team mentality type of thing. I think the, the, the once you start labeling yourself in, uh, as, like a, uh, in patriotism, uh, in terms of being a patriot, then you're, you're kind of uh, liable to get caught in this, uh, in, in this, um, this type of a fervor that, uh, that can be manipulated into it's us against them. And, um, you know, it kind of gives you the notion also that, uh, that uh, that we're that uh, that it, we're better than them. And Can you that, give me an uh, idea of what you mean when you're talking about the patriot movement? Well, you, you know, these people that are there's a lot of great ideas out there that these people that um, that are against bankers, which I am as well, international bankers, and and you know, and, and are for freedom. They try to label themselves, and they, sometimes they use the patriot movement. And you know, I, I just I'm not comfortable with that because I I, I believe in free, objective, critical thinking, and uh, and I believe anybody in this world. In this planet, I've traveled most of Europe and I've traveled most of Latin America, and I've seen good people and bad people everywhere. And uh, and I'm more in solidarity with the, the good people of the world than with somebody that lives next door to me and is a patriot and and, uh, and is a selfish person that doesn't care about anyone but himself. Well, and uh, you know, by being a patriot, you know, our government can tell us that, yeah, hey, let's go kill some people on the other side of this fake border, that this mythical line, uh, because. Because they're, they're your enemies. You better be a patriot and, uh, and uh, let's go 
plant a bomb over their heads. I'm I don't think so. I'd rather, you know, I'm, I'm in solidarity with all good people in the world, and uh, I'm not going to get next to a guy I'm, that... Yeah, uh, I, that I is, hear you get a little bit. I'm in agreement with you that I don't like the term patriot myself, but I think that I find it to be a relatively accurate description of the the group that you're talking about. The group that you that I believe that the, use the term patriot, and I don't generally use it for myself, is um, the ultra-writers. Uh, they're, they're, you know, I'm not saying that my views are entirely separate from those people. They're, they're relatively similar, but they differ in some very important ways. And so I think that the patriot term is is good for them because to some extent because often if you say you're against the United States government's actions in this area that area that way um, people the conservatives not the ultra conservatives will paint you as a hate America firster you know you hate America first you you hate right. America and what they are so those people attempt to preempt what it is that the you know the the conservatives would say about the ultra conservatives by calling themselves patriots. And I'm not a patriot. I mean, I do love this country, but I love this country the same way I love my daughter, for example. When she's wrong, I let her know, and I criticize her for it, and I try to correct her. And so, so I do the same thing with my country. When it's wrong, I criticize it and, uh, because I want it to be a better country. I, didn't want it, I don't want it to turn into a spoiled brat, just like your child would. So you when you say the country, you mean, uh, you mean the federal, U.S. federal government? The U, the, no, the, United, the, the country, the United States. And, uh, well, but, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. Know, a point of information here. Let's make sure we get our terminology correct. Uh, when you say that when it's wrong, how could the entire landmass of the United States, you know, what we know as of the United States or America, North America, uh, how, how could that be wrong about something? It, it can't think. It can't decide. It can't right, do Right. The things. leadership. You're absolutely right there. The so leadership. Then we, well, well, point of information here. They're not my leaders. They're people that are in search of power who are willing to wield power over others. So when they do things that are wrong, then I think that's one thing. And I think that they're always doing things that are wrong because it's an inherently wrong and evil organization in that in order to exist, it must first steal from the people that it supposedly claims to protect. So I in no way uh, could possibly be considered a patriot in that uh, I have no love for the idea of, uh, of any country's period. Because I, I, like you, I think, I believe that human beings are just that. They're individuals, they're human beings, they're men, they're women, they're children, and uh, individually they need to be uh, judged based on their actions and their beliefs. And, uh, and I want to see them all treated with equality all over the world. I don't want special yes. treatment for some and not for others, and that's why it bugs me so much when the idea of someone coming let's say someone wants to come over here and be and be a good productive member of society and and work and and make a better life for themselves i think that makes us humanists i would i hope so i would like to see them be able to do that because they're not hurting anyone and uh and i think they and i think they have as much right to do it as someone who happened to have been born here regardless of whatever their race was or you know whatever they're wherever they're born i don't see some people deserving special treatment over others and so the, the the idea of treating some people special because they're within a certain boundary or something is very uh it's just obviously wrong it's me. ludicrous as yeah. I th- and i think mark makes a great point in it when he's pointed out in the past that here in new hampshire we're geographically closer to the people in montreal than we are the people out in california yet for some reason we're supposed to be united with the people in california but not the people in montreal i mean it's just arbitrary uh, lines yeah, on a map no, i understand that though because the people in montreal say a boot a boot <laughs> say a boot and uh, well, so he actually speaks kidding. french is gilbert still there? Gilber- I'm kidding. Gilber- yeah. gilberto gilberto yes okay yes. So uh, I, I wanted to give you a chance to react before I go off on my next monologue. 
Right. I just wanted to say, uh, also, I do agree with that, that, uh, you know, I also set up some polls and they're banned in the, within the, 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 these movements. And I support these movements, but they just close their minds off when it comes to patriotism and immigration. I said, you know, I set up a poll. Do you, should, we, should we be attacking the immigrant or should we be attacking the people that create immigration, the monopoly capitalists, the international monopoly capitalists, the, the, the international counterfeiters that create people, the, the situation where they get really desperate and, and they have to come over here to feed their families? Why are we attacking the immigrant and not the people that create the immigration? It would be the equivalent of attacking the, the beaten-up wives for, for, for bankrupting a hospital. Yeah, you don't attack some... the beaten-up wives. You attack the, 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 house, the, 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 the guy that beats up the wives. There's actually a really good uh, – I, I watched something recently about what's happening with the massive farm industries and things like that and how they've – how they've through through some really horrible government tactics uh, put a lot of um, me- Mexican farmers out of out of work and it made it impossible for them to work and then the only thing they can do is try to come up here and find work and then we crack down on on the immigration from from Mexico and and it's it's really putting people between a rock and a hard place big time. Goodbye, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate Thanks hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's, it's all the problems with these darned labels. You know, uh, every one yeah. of these labels stinks. Uh, you know, I agree with the patriots on a lot of issues. I agree with the, the, the ultra-writers and the ultra-lefters on many issues. Um, I, I just, you know, I can't find a label that I find for me to be uh, to, to be an effective one that, uh, that uh, you know, says what I want to say. If Ian, you use the term voluntarist. But I do, I, yeah. But but I don't think people really know what that means. That's okay. So, I can t- explain that. But that that much <laughs> is, that's that's fine and everything. But you know, it's then what good is a term if you, you know, if you have to explain sort of, it? It's sort of. I mean, the reality is, I, I find myself having to explain my position a lot to people who have presumed something about me that's not true. Right. So and, if you use the term it anarchist, all the time. Yeah, I mean that's that's it. But I don't use that term that much. I mean. I, well, I guess I probably use it fairly often, I have to admit. But I, I really, I'm, I, I'm with you. I do, kind of don't like labels in general because of that, because everyone interprets them differently. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> they hear whatever they hear from voluntarists. They might believe. Uh, I, I've actually had people, oh you yeah, know, use this. You know, that they believe that in fact that what what you mean is that you believe that the world be, should be run for free. Right. Uh, the, yeah. the, the people, the, yeah, that's people should just voluntarily go and do the things that need to get done, right. and, and they won't get paid for it. Right. And but, an anarchist, you know. God knows what they believe. I mean, you know, it, it isn't good generally. I was kicking myself because I didn't catch that. You know, I just it's so I, I understand the, the, the meaning of voluntarist very well. And I thought what I was saying was very clear to someone. And then I, I in retrospect, I was listening back to what they said to me. And I was like, oh, wow, I, they totally misunderstood what I was saying. And I didn't realize it at the time because he was saying something. Well, sometimes people need to get paid. And, yeah. and, and I didn't. And I thought, why didn't I? Why didn't I catch that when I was saying when I was talking about voluntarism? He thought Gen- I meant I wish you just volunteer to do this, do everything. Yep. Generally, when too. I am explaining on the phone when I'm doing sales uh, for the show, I'll t- I'll say that the show's uh, you know populated by uh, hosts that believe in liberty, peace, freedom, and personal responsibility on every issue. That's a good one. 800-259-9231. How about consensualist? Autonomous. That means you want people to be able to have sex if they want to? More coming up. What does that mean? This is Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. 
It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the point of the program. Take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Uh, head on over to the webcam, and you can chat as well. The cam and chat room are all together over at cam.freetalklive.com. That is cam.freetalklive.com. Take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your Big Brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. They also, um, in the search results, have a little proxy button there. You can... Uh, link or whatever you can click on that and then you'll uh, you know you, you won't be tagged cookied spindled uh, folded or, or, or hand-billed uh, when you uh, go to that website you can go to startpage.com and start their seven-day challenge today try it out startpage.com as we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want sebastian is on the line in arizona sebastian you're on free talk live with the Dale and mark hi how you guys doing what's on your mind tonight sebastian well Quite a few things, but Pick I would one. like to uh, I would like to come across the uh, talk about the internet ban. I've just just recently took the hour to read a little bit about it, and this this is actually shocking. It's which terrifying. which internet are ban are you from Australia? Um, no, uh, oh. United States. What are you What are you referring to? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Are they Have they banned the internet? I, I I'm still on Facebook. Um, no, not yet. Like okay, so far, like I've went to. Like there's only the only ban so far that I've had on uh, Infowars was I was walking down to the Maricopa County Library and I happened to go down on Infowars and they said this this site has been restricted because of hate. And okay, so hate, what you're talking about is that certain governmental agencies are restricting access to uh, through public uh, connections like at the library and that sort of thing. You're not talking about a, a ban. You're you're just talking about wi- intragovernmental censorship. Localized uh, cases of. Yeah. Well, essentially, yeah. I know. I kind of put it out there a little bit. Like I kind of guessed it up, but I see this as a start of a ban on sites. Well, it's it's speculation. Like maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Well, they um, would like Sebastian, to do it. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm kind of curious. Uh, did you check for Free Talk Live's website there while you were uh, scanning the, uh, the the computers there at the Maricopa County Library? Uh, no, sir, I didn't. I, I okay. didn't uh, look at Free Talk Radio. It's Free Talk Live. Thank you, Sebastian, for the Free call. Talk Appreciate Live. hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can ring up anything, even if you don't know the name of the show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I see where he's coming from, that it's probably not real cool that they've banned certain websites from the, uh, you know, from the You're public You're going library. into the government's uh, but, yeah, you know, what do you indoctrination center. I right. mean, you know, what do you, what do you expect from those little ladies behind the, the counters? They're taking right. their government money, and Alex Jones is saying their government's bad people, and what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's how I feel about it. And uh, is does that mean they're going to blow it out real soon into your local internet service provider? Well, there's certainly no plan that uh, that I've seen afoot. I suspect many people in the government would love they to ban would. certain sites. They would. They no just, doubt about it. But. They, did, they just ban. They just did a ban on certain types of 
pornography, to my understanding, certain types of pornography in Australia. Uh, yeah, in, Aus- huge... in Australia, it's not just porn. Uh, it, there's it's, more to it than it's that. It's flat-chested okay. woman porn. No, 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 Mark. That's uh, that's for importing like porn videos and things like that. They, I think, they're also going to ban them from the from web access as well. But we're uh, yeah, I'll have to pull up the info on the Australian thing because okay. it's more than just porn. It's it's like you know bomb making uh, instructions and things. There's a variety mm. of different things that have been kind of deemed illegal that should not be accessed in Australia. So what he's talking about, uh, what Sebastian was speculating about there, uh, what could happen here, is happening in Australia. So would it be that difficult for them to implement something like that here? It'd probably be a little more difficult because there is that pesky First Amendment, and you know maybe it would. Wouldn't get withstand a challenge in the Supreme Court, but then again, who knows? Uh, will they make a move like this someday? Possibly. What will the hackers do about it? I don't know, but I trust that they'll. Uh, they you will know, hack the crap out of it. Yeah, is what they'll do. They'll have something to say about it because one of the things about the internet and the people that uh, that spend time there is that they tend to be the technical uh, tech guys, the IT guys, tend to be more liberty oriented. I think than the At average population. At least when it comes to the internet, they are. Yeah, than the average population is. And in general, I think that seems to be the case as well. Certainly, the case here in this movement, uh, the wow. liberty. We get uh, a lot of techies. <laughs> the people that move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I mean, you can you can bet that they work in the IT field, and you'd likely be correct. Uh, I don't know how it is they're all getting jobs, but you know they're still coming here, so I think that's uh, that's great. But I would expect that if some sort of ban like that were proposed for America, there would be quite an uprising. However, they did get away with it on Australia, so I guess time will tell. Let's continue here. In the meantime, we'll just keep doing our show. Uh, meantime, we go to Dan in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Dan. Hey, guys. You're on the air. What's on your mind well, tonight? Well, speaking of censorship, I uh, got a new job working for a um, a particular telecoms company that's using fiber optic technology. I'm not going to name any names, but apparently uh, the the word anarchy is filtered from all of their uh, all of their web servers. So there's a a comic that is called Anarchy in Your Head that I can't access at work, which really sucks. <laughs> oh, bummer. I'm going to have to change it to voluntarism in your head. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. No, it doesn't. No, it really doesn't. That's all right. I have internet at home. Oh, by the way, that's Dale's website, uh, anarchyinyourhead.com. You can go and uh, take a look at his cartoons that he's put up there, hundreds of them, uh, plus uh, Dale's essays and stuff like that. It's all there. It's all free, anarchyinyourhead.com. So go ahead, Dan, with your other thoughts tonight. All right. Well, a couple of days ago, you are talking about the uh, – by you, I mean you and Mark were talking about the um, – the risk that's involved in civil disobedience as far as running a business without the government's permission. And Mark asked a, a question, you know, why don't you start up a, an airplane and, uh, you know, or an airline that competes with the government airlines? And uh, it's a really good question. Well, um, it's one that is actually going to be addressed from what I understand in a upcoming book called counter economics, which is uh, based on the, uh, or posthumously going to be published from the writings of uh, Samuel Edward Konkin, who founded uh, agorism, which is the idea that if you work outside the system uh, using non-governmental forms of business, you can actually construct market alternatives to the state and eventually replace the state with the market paradigm. It seems like, um, um, yeah, I, I understand the concept, but um, I mean, people have been working outside the government for a very, very long time, as long as the government's really been around, and it hasn't been successful in that way. So, I mean, to I me, think it's just part of the 
fight. It's part of it. I mean, the other, the some other parts are like, you know, getting these ideas out there and changing and 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 sort of disrupting the the delusions. That's a big part of it. I, as well. I don't. Th- I, I don't think, think agorism is, is a revolutionary uh, uh, belief system. I think that it is a. It's a business belief system. It's a way well, to keep your profits. It's it's that. Well, I mean, there's immediate gain. I think from it. Um, if you can. But you can't in, grow large and, enough. And, well, right. not not at the moment. But again, uh, you know, having things in place also when the state is falling under its own weight, which I think is something that's likely to happen, so that another state doesn't just immediately prop it up in its place. Oh, I think something. it plays an important role. Absolutely, Dan. I want to bring you back. Uh, let you address all this here in a moment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. I mean, agorists play an important role, no doubt about it. Uh, will selling a product be below the radar? A whole bunch of products below the radar contribute to the crash of the state to some extent, I think. Will it be the sole factor? No, there has to be a lot more going on also at the same time. More coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Agorist airplanes, though, is that possible? From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation, its crumbling National Health Service, its disintegrating government schools, and the political parasites leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. Various different ways for you to help get for, uh, Free Talk Live on other radio stations around the country, uh, into more people's ears on the internet. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com to get a whole list of things you can do, including uh, banners and uh, flyers, and graphics you can use to design your own banners and flyers, and other alternative ways like calling local uh, program directors and that sort of thing. It's all listed there for you at promote.freetalklive.com. Coming up next month, uh, March 18th through the 21st, you're going to want to be at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, the 2010 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It is, what, fourth year now that they've been doing this thing? We've been, I think, been to almost all of them, Mark, you and I. Uh, Free Talk Live has been broadcasting from these, and it's a, a fantastic event. It's a lot of fun. It's hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people getting together in the same hotel in Nashville, New Hampshire, uh, spending a weekend together and uh, having kind of a convention-style event with panel discussions and speeches and uh, dinners and keynote speeches and also late-night parties, which are a lot of fun. Uh, it's just a great time, so come on out. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about the event, learn about the uh, the great guests and speakers that will be uh, that will be featured there, including Andrew Napolitano. You might know him as the judge from Fox News. He will be one of the keynote speeches. And lots more to come here. They've announced almost all of the speakers. I think there's maybe a handful more uh, that may be coming out last minute, and I think you can still get the early bird discount. If not, even if you can, or whether you can or not, you can still use the FTL discount code anytime to get 10% off the, uh, the the forum price. You can use our code. It's FTL. So just go to free to, uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Learn more about it. And when you sign up, don't forget to use our discount code FTL to get 10% off. We'll see you there because Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live. And it is a great event. I mean, Dale, you I think you go every year to these, don't you? Yeah, I missed the first one. I actually, it's, it, I actually signed up for it and paid for it and then uh, wasn't able to go. So um, I've missed the first one. 
uh, that I've made all the others since then. It's a blast. Yeah, it's great fun. I really enjoy it. All right, let's continue with your calls. I think Dan is still with us in Pennsylvania. Now, Dan, you were saying there's a, a book coming out, an agorist book, and of course, agorism is essentially uh, kind of a movement of people that are working underground. They're not uh, above the radar kind of business people that are offering products and services without asking governmental permission to uh, to do so first. And you're saying that there's uh, an agorist book coming out. What was it called again? It's called counter-economics, and okay. it, it is actually uh, – Mark, you, you were right and wrong when you said that, uh, you know, that agorism was a business philosophy. Konkin himself described it as a revolutionary philosophy, uh, but the most important part of it is that it allows people to have freedom now insofar as they are willing to, uh, you know, to work outside the system. And, but it's all about risk. It's all about deciding – is the risk of what, what the state can do to me if they find out worth the reward that I can get from this. And this book, Counter-Economics, is actually a branch of Austrian economic theory, which will go into you know, how to calculate whether or not a, an agorist venture will be worth it to the individual. Well, okay. I think I'm interested that, in that. <laughs> I think for it to be revolutionary, it will t- start taking – um, it will start requiring bolder steps on the part of agorists uh, over time, gradually. I mean, it's going to take people being, you know, Mark, Mark had said, I think he might have said it during the break, so I can't recall So if it was heard on the air, but that that you are limited in, in as far as how much you can expand if you're trying to stay underground. Right, like running an agorist airport would be kind of difficult. I mean, <laughs> yeah. how, how would you go about that? Did you say they addressed that in the uh, the upcoming book, Dan? Uh, uh, no, but if you apply the general principle, you know, let's say that, I'm just, you know, pulling uh, numbers out of my, uh, you know, nose here. But suppose that they're going to fine you $10 million if they find out that you're, you know, smuggling people in an airplane from one small airport to another and you're only supposed to be carrying bananas. But if you if you calculate that you can make $14 million, that's a $4 million profit. Obviously a very extreme example. Obviously, something that that we, you know, you and me, I'm, my agorist activities are limited to, you know, not getting or not paying taxes on music that I sell or stuff like that. But um, obviously, that's beyond us. But, you know, the the idea has only been around for 30 years. So it's fairly new. No, it hasn't. Uh, That's not true at all. Uh, Mr. Conklin might have come up with the idea that it's revolutionary, which is mistaken, and tacked it on to the practice of not paying taxes on goods and services. But those those practices have been around since there have been taxes on goods and services. Sure. Um, sure. I mean, this is is what uh, irks me the most about uh, agorism is that the people that, that, that purport it is that they believe that it's going to do something beyond you know, freeing them from having to pay the taxes on whatever it is that they're doing. And I, th- I find it to some extent limiting because you can't grow your business to whatever level you're going to grow your business to because you're constantly trying to duck and dodge. Well, look at look at Mama's uh, Mama uh, Kitchen. Mama Alley. Mama uh, Alley. The last kitchen. biscuit. Yeah, she's, she's a great example. She's being somewhat open about what she's doing. Again, the yeah. risk there is kind of They're manageable. They're going to catch her. Do you understand that? Well, you know, but but she's getting people, giving people ideas because she yeah. did get a little yeah. bit bold. And, Indeed. And, and and also over time. And they the are going to whip her like, the, a, like, like the, she stole at something. At the same time, the state is collapsing under its own weight to a large extent. I mean, we are witnessing like one of the biggest, most awkward bumbling catastrophic you know examples of statism in the world to to date in history and uh got nothing to do with people selling pot well but but not by itself but i'm again though 
you know, start showing people the alternatives so that they, they see, oh, there's this other thing besides just going back to more statism is 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 along with people the, understand the state it. Everybody participates itself, you know? in this. Everybody does it, whether they buy at a yard sale, go, they go to the flea market, whether they sell something through eBay. They all participate in the oh. agorist marketplace. I, it, it's I think it's you're non-revolutionary. All, I think you're all right in different ways on this. I think that uh, that Dale's right that the agorists are going to have to start taking bigger risks and greater steps and and be a little more public, like Mama Allie is down there in Savannah with Savannah Last Biscuit. Because because she's, you know, she's publicly essentially. I mean, the, if if you've got her number and you're connected with them, I, then you I can order from them. I think she's feeding into delegitimizing statism for a lot of people it's important. because they are seeing how ridiculous it is that the that the, the that the government is harassing this woman who's Absolutely. cooking people meals and everyone loves her food. And when they do come after her, presuming they do end up coming after her, then that'll just be more publicity for her and what she's doing. So I think there can be some real benefit in the <coughs> agorist sort of coming out of the shadows at some point. So it's, I think that's an important step. It's an act of civil disobedience in the marketplace. It's I think, a marketplace act of civil disobedience and I think it has its, its place as an act of civil disobedience. Right, and I think it's very important, but I also agree with Mark that it's not necessarily revolutionary because if there was something revolutionary about it, uh, then the billions upon billions of dollars that were made underground in the uh, in the drug business would you know do something revolutionary, and it doesn't. It just feeds money into the people that are that are selling the products. But at the same time, I think this is very important for people to engage <laughs> in. It's important to encourage people to not get permission slips from the government and to just go about their business without asking for it. Uh, yeah, I would sort of uh, – that sort of actually goes into my point that uh, that I was originally trying to make, that agorism is, by definition, the the conscious combination of libertarian moral philosophy with uh, with underground business uh, practices. So what, what you're describing is counter-economics. Yeah, it's been around since the state's been around. But um, – and Mark, what you're talking about is the early adopters, you know, the people who are taking the really high risks for, you know, the possibility – of uh, of rewards which are yeah yeah very honestly kind of small but for people who are smart about it you know you can make a lot of money and there there are instances of that now what one of the things that I would like to see happen is like an agris insurance company that would indemnify people who do get caught by the state and I, I that's actually I being formed right now up here in New Hampshire yep yep there's actually somebody yeah. doing that so you're seeing it happen it's just you're not here so thank you Dan for the call appreciate it your phone's going bad there all right eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one it has but if really... you're an agorist wouldn't you really want to go to some place like Detroit that's falling apart where its government apparatus is is eating itself uh, alive rather than uh, some place like Keene where Actually, the you know the New Hampshire government, comparative to other governments, I, is in pretty good pretty good shape. I mean, not when not, not when I, I I don't think agorism all by itself is revolutionary, right. but as a part of a lot of other things, I think it's part of the revolution. Part of the so, evolution is what I'd prefer. But eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. However, is agorism really evolving in any way? I mean, it's really the natural state, right? To uh, to do your business yeah. without asking someone's permission. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Although you could say the government has devolved things. So we need to re-evolve it back. I don't know. We're coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for your calls. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we continue here and uh, taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's go to the phones and the fun and talk to Abel in New Hampshire. Abel, you're on Free Talk Live. Howdy. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Ian, Mark, Dale. Glad to talk to you. Isn't your name um, normally Dan? Uh, that that could be one of my names. Gotcha. Yes. All right. <laughs> Just making sure uh, the board op got it right. Well, you know, that's uh, that's the moniker I've taken on uh, Facebook. So I, and, uh, and I was on Facebook and I saw Dale had... Uh, you know, announced no, himself yeah. to be a member of 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 one one million people that uh, you know want uh, same sex marriage over the whole uh, country, and and I want to ask Dale, Dale, are I'm you off, asking I'm for permission? No, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just showing my support for same sex marriage. I don't think the yeah. state should have anything to do with it. I right, didn't. Ha- right. I didn't. I didn't have one iota of of uh, of of anything to do with. Same-sex marriage bill passing in New Hampshire. I didn't go lobby. I didn't, you know, join up that or push for that or any of that because I'm not interested in state in state marriages of any sort, whether they're all right. Well, that, that's great. And so I have a, a further question that maybe uh, one or the the few of you might be able to help me with. Uh, I have a daughter who's 24 and she's uh, betrothed to a young man. And uh, I want to talk them out of uh, asking permission for their marriage. And uh, and I, you know, I just they they actually live in Florida right now. So maybe uh, Mark or uh, or Ian have some uh, particular knowledge about the marriage laws. Uh, if you uh, if you are uh, you know more or less a common law marriage, can you take advantage of? Uh, of uh, you know being a dependent for you know one so that they can uh, get health insurance uh, as a married couple without asking for for permission. I want to you know I want to talk them out of signing up to you know the state for those privileges that uh, are coerced from. Does one, you got to look at the state laws there. Does one of them work for the state government or something? Uh, one of them is is a contractor for a. Uh, you know, works for a contracting company that works for a state school. So okay. it's a it's a it's a contract uh, arrangement. You, and, you gotta, and that mu- I think common law marriage varies from state to state, and there's places where you can you can basically be legally married for all practical purposes from the state's point of view if you happen to write you know if you happen to both sign up for the same hotel room one night. <laughs> and you get your common law married, you know. I, think yeah, I, I was wondering, like you know, that. I'm not... Ian and Mark are both from Florida, so maybe one or the other of you know. Mark, do you know? Because what... I have no I clue. think that these sound like rules um, that the insurance companies uh, have as opposed to state laws. Um, you know, I, I can tell you the reason that uh, my wife and I got married in Florida was because um, she worked for the state at the time, and they have really great insurance benefits because, well, they're coerced and stolen. <laughs> and uh, I... You know, I so, you well, know, I wanted that I wanted those insurance benefits. Here's a question I have for you, Abel, is uh, do, do these two people that you're trying to convince, do they have a liberty mindset to begin with? I, I 
I think my daughter, I, I haven't actually met my future son-in-law, but I think my daughter is actually starting to see the light, uh, you know, uh, having uh, a, a divorce occur in the family and, and uh, you know, then my, and then they, you know, well, it was well into their teens before they moved down to Florida. So I had regular interaction with them before that. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't quite as liberty minded then as I am now, of mm-hmm. course, but, uh, well, I mean, give it a is, give it a shot. See uh, see how it goes. It would seem to me that you'd have to be fairly liberty minded in the first place to even accept uh, the idea that there would be value in not uh, getting the state permission slip because it's it's one of those things that is just so indoctrinated into people right. that well, if you want to get married, you have to go and get the permission slip. Yeah, you know, but the most offensive yeah. part for me when I got married in uh, in in Florida was that uh, they asked your race. What do these people need to know your race? They want well, to get, it, it used to be illegal for uh, you know different races to marry. That's the yeah that that was that, that's really the history of marriage <laughs> um, licenses. That's in the why first they place. made the, yeah exactly right. And they wouldn't let us get married until we declared a race. And uh, wow. this is the one concession I managed to get in the whole uh, operation was they did have uh, they did have a race called business. So About I human. De- Human race. I, I declared myself to be the race of business, as did oh, my that's wife. Unbelievable. I would put. I would. If usually there's an other, I would check that and put human. That Abel, let us good. know if you have any success with your persuasive uh, tactics, and thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. They had the I, long list of races oh, um, here. Oh, really? This was like Pacific Islander, yeah. Inuit. Yeah, I mean the the whole wow. list. In California, so. I saw Asian slash Pacific Islander quite a lot because mm. there's a fair amount of you know Pacific you know. Uh, so There's variations. Uh, down yeah, there. I uh, Filipino, for instance, close. You know, and I. But the thing about like you know he, a lot of people responded when I put on for this one million strong for same sex marriage throughout the United, entire United States, and that was one of those things. I get these a lot of times on Facebook. You know, I see someone pushing for something that seems pretty overtly, clearly a political thing, and I suspect that that is probably a political thing. I went and read the site, and it doesn't say that, so I'm kind of like, okay, I'm trying to show my support for the idea of same sex marriage. Right. I, I, I I advocate it. I'm totally an advocate for same-sex people getting married. I'm not an advocate of state marriage. So it is a weird, you know, but I, I, you know, I, this is a, you know, I want to express myself because I do think part of the, you know, achieving statism, a lot of it, I mean, sorry, not achieving statism, achieving, (laughs) achieving liberty in this country is, is, I mean, it's a somewhat radical concept to be a liberty minded person in a place where statism is so pervasive. And I think to get there, we're going to have to change, you know, a lot of hearts and minds. It, uh, on on a lot of issues and and uh, frankly I think that this is you know this is an example of a case where you know people the whole point of marriage licenses was to like Mark said to prevent certain people from getting right. married and so here's a case where they're saying well you can get married in this case but not in this case and and you know if you're a liberty minded person I think you ought to be advocating for same sex marriage not not state marriage you know I'm I'm not gonna lobby for it I don't lobby for anything politically but I'm just saying that the idea of letting anyone get married who wants to get married without having to ask permission, you should be supporting right. that. Right, and the danger of it all is is that um, with – I'm I'm for people being able to contract with each other to spend the rest of their lives with each other if that's what they want to do. And I don't really care what the gender of those people are. And if you do care, well, you know, like maybe you should find other things to care about. But what concerns me about uh, the, the gay marriage legalization movement is that somehow people who 
aren't interested in recognizing those people's uh, commitment to each other will somehow be forced to. And I think that that's what's wrong about it. That, well, that, that, that kind of reminds me of people who say, well, we need to cut off benefits to illegal immigrants. You know, yeah, we should open up more immigration for people, but in the meantime, we've got to cut off those extra benefits because, you know, I don't understand. Like, I understand, like, the concern that you have, but that's not a reason to, um, you know, I, I, I would be less concerned about that than, than um, the idea that marriage licenses are basically being handed out to some people and not other people. I'll tell you what, we've got to continue here with uh, Daryl in Iowa. Daryl, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey guys, uh, long time listener. It's the first time I've ever called. So. Welcome, sir. What's on um, your mind tonight? Well, I was just calling to let you know. I I don't know. I didn't listen to the first couple hours of the show, but uh, you might guys might have already covered this. But the Australian government website was actually shut down by hackers huh. uh, like last night. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. They uh they did yeah they did like it's called a distributed denial of service attack. Nice. So they were attacking um, their web servers from different locations. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a group called Anonymous. It's like a hacker group, and yeah. So they actually uh, they said that they can do it. They 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 were basically just it was like a show of power. Nice. Um, so they told that they sent an email and said, you know, basically we can do this anytime we want and shut it down for months. Good. So. They should. They should. <laughs> keep it down yeah. and uh, until I, they re- until they remove the restrictions uh, from the internet. I'm all in favor of it. I don't think that private property should be destroyed, but I am all in favor of monkey wrenching with uh, so-called government property. I have no problem. I would be very against somebody crashing a private person's server, but if you crash the government server, the hell do I care about that? They're basically just bogging it down yeah. with with um, with access attempts. Only problem might be is if they were actually hosting their server on a shared host and other people's websites were on that same IP address or they were on that same server. Uh, so it would all depend, but generally... Not you, likely. You'd think the government would be paying for their own private servers. I mean, they can afford it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the government doesn't share very well. Very good, Daryl. Thanks for sharing that with us tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, and thank you for the call. It has been Ian with you. And Dale. That's it, huh? We and are Mark. Done, man. It's been three hours just like that. Just <laughs> zoom. That's okay, though. There's three more coming up tomorrow night, so join us then uh, online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. We may have a guest in the first hour that is a, a New Hampshire lady that has just had her life walked all over, a former uh, Russian as well. That is, she told me on the phone today she thinks things are worse here than they were in Russia. We'll talk to her tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. Sarah Palin has captured our attention and electrified America. Her new book, Going Rogue in American Life, is a runaway national bestseller. Newsmax.com has an incredible offer for you. Get Sarah Palin's new book, Going Rogue, for just $4.97. That's a savings of $24 off the cover price. Plus, you'll get four months of award-winning Newsmax magazine absolutely free. Newsmax magazine covers the tough stories the media just won't report and has great writers like Bill O'Reilly, Dick Morris, Mike Reagan, Dr. Laura, and Ben Stein. Dick Morris calls Newsmax his favorite magazine, a must-read for every American. Get Sarah Palin's new book, Going Rogue, at an incredible price. For just $4.97, save $24. Plus, get award-winning Newsmax magazine absolutely free. This is a no-risk, no-lose offer, but we have a limited number of copies. This offer won't last long, so you must act today. Call 800-NEWSMAX. 800-NEWSMAX. Call today.